How's it going, everybody? You're listening to the Famous Dead People Podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got central figure to the development of Christianity, St. Augustine, and 20th century television host, Robin Leach. And stick around till the end of the episode. There's a fun clip at the very end of all of us reacting to something. I think it was like a drug story gone wrong, and I happened to catch our reaction on mic. So check that out. It's pretty funny at the end of the episode. And if you want to check out these uh, performers, you can check out St. Augustine on his improv team, Sexy Baby, every Wednesday at the Magnet Theater. And on his blog, actually, it's robpenty.org.com. Spell out the .org. That's how you get there. And you can check out Robin Leach on his Twitter, at Evan Alt. I think it's all one word. And uh, for my stuff, you can check out it all at jaredberenstein.com. All the latest updates on upcoming shows and projects. New videos on my YouTube and Instagram and Facebook fan page every Tuesday. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Hit us up at Famous Dead People at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. And of course, check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Robin Leach and St. Augustine only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century British entertainment reporter and writer most well-known for his television series Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, Robin Leach. Hello and good money. (laughs) And 4th century Christian philosopher uh, whose writing influenced the development of Western Christianity, St. Augustine of Hippo. Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, St. Augustine, Mr. Leach, thank you so much for being with us here on Famous Dead People. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, Jared. Lovely, beautiful day. Uh, Let me start off with St. Augustine, if I may. Absolutely. Let's Uh, get this started. So you are considered to be one of the most important church fathers in Western Christianity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of? Yes, yes, one of. Okay, yeah, sure, if that's Uh, what you want to talk about. Okay. You helped develop some staples of Christian theology, like original sin. You helped establish the doctrine of just war, and I do want to ask you about those, but I want to start off with something a little controversial. Yeah, hit me with it. And, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I'm not even sure what this means 100%, and so I'd love to have your clarity on this issue. Okay. So you were involved, you were associated with the development of Filioque, 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 which was an addition to the Nicene Creed. Right. Which, of course, is like a speech that, you know, we say as part of a prayer. Yeah, it's, you say it in mass. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. the, the priest says it in mass, things like uh, that. And the, the addition was that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. Uh-huh. Uh, but then you don't finish, but then you don't also say, and the Son. You just say the Spirit proceeds from the Father, whereas I guess the controversy is that you should say from the Father and the Son. Um, and so I'm just really wondering what the controversy is like, 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 where did that idea come from? Why, why did you decide to be in the development of that specific line? And, and why are people so, why, why can people be so up in arms about it? That's, you know what, Jared, that's my question. Is it, <laughs> why are people so up in my face about this? I think it's pretty clear that the Holy Spirit derives from the Father, mm-hmm. from God. Yes. I mean, it's just, it just seems to me to be pretty self-explanatory. Why would it also come 
from Jesus. I think that the uh, if the, I was gonna play devil's advocate here, okay, yeah, you know, do that. Having, I like it. I was an altar boy for uh-huh. a couple of years, right? And I believe that a religious person would say that it sort of is. Uh, it argues against the idea of the Holy Trinity. Right, you want to talk the Holy three Trinity. Of them are it, yeah, one. it's like a clover. It's like the yeah. same thing, but it's split three ways. Exactly. And all that. Yeah, that's a crock of <laughs> shit. It's no. See, okay. So you got God. Yes. Okay. See, the Creator of all and Jesus Christ. It's his representation on Earth. You know, mm-hmm. the Son of God, but really he's the uh, walking God. So he kind of comes from God. Can we agree on that? Okay. I think it's Absolutely. pretty, yeah. I, that makes sense That makes me. sense to me. So also we have this Holy Spirit, which is the uh, God's presence, which permeates all, also comes from God. It doesn't come from Jesus. I mean, they they know each other. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, no, it's it's from God. It's and sort I of like if you have like one friend who, who knows like, Two who guys. knows the two friends? And the two guys don't know each other though. But if that friend moved to like Boulder, they're not gonna they're hang not gonna out, hang gonna out, hang out anymore. Exactly. That so makes sense. yeah, yeah, that <laughs> so, makes perfect sense. <laughs> so that's what Jesus and the Holy Spirit is. It's it's their two buddies that now that Gary moved out west, mm-hmm. they don't hang anymore because hey, Gary was the guy. And when I say Gary, I mean God. Yeah, of course. Do you know what course. I mean? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, so that's basically... I mean, they still like each other. Like, they're still friendly. They're not... Yeah, exactly. If they like each other's Facebook posts, but they're not If they were, If they met out. at a party, they'd have a little conversation. And yeah. what a party it would be. <laughs> it really would. Imagine the party, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit well, in remember- Boulder, Colorado with well, Gary walking around. Well, Remember in this analogy, Robin Leach, that um, that God slash Gary is not at the party. That's the whole point. Sure, yes, but yeah. just to invoke his name, imagine, <laughs> imagine the glamour, the glitz. Ooh, who is that? Jesus Christ? I just think it's so funny that there are people who are so into the minutia of the language of religion that this that this is controversial. Look, dude, I'm a saint. Filioque is controversial. Let me say this. I'm a saint, and I got to tell you, lighten up. Do you know what I mean? It's just sort of, I don't know why everybody, it just, yeah, it's just arguing and arguing. That's not the point of religion. The point of religion is God's love. Yes. Do you know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Exactly. So, so God's love and beautiful temples stretching <laughs> as far as the eye can see. This, no, Robin, seriously, like a good... you ever been to the Vatican? Oh, yeah. I've, I've spent many, many days in the Vatican. It's, I, I swear to God, it's so, oh, man. It just blows me away this every time. This feels like a really good transition to my first question for Robin Leach. Yeah, do it up. Uh, and so for 11 years, Robin Leach, you hosted the television series Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. 1984 to 1995. That's a good run for a television Hell show. Hell of a chunk. Two presidencies. And here's the thing. Like everybody, Three. when I was growing up, everybody knew Robin Leach and Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. It was the sort of thing that got parodied all the time because it was just so... A part of our culture. It's always, you know? it's, it's, you, you never get sick of yeah. those at the bottom <laughs> reaching up to try to just, uh, uh, punch it. Just, just yeah, peek. Just, just, just take a look. Just to take a little <laughs> get a taste. peek, get a little, wet their feet. Okay. Uh, but here's the thing like, I might have some listeners here who aren't familiar with the show. Uh, and you know, I think that you would agree that there they might be other shows that they're familiar with that were derivative, like I, Caribs. I think or, most shows were derivative of lifestyles of the rich and famous. I don't know if most shows. Most shows. Now, I think there are a lot of shows that really 
owe nothing to uh, Lifestyles yeah. of the Rich and yeah. Famous. There are a lot of shows that Friends, owe the, the, zero to, zero to, Rich to uh, yeah. Lifestyles. Let's think, of a, let's think of a show that's come out recently. Breaking Bad owes nothing to Lifestyles of Rich and Famous. Robert uh, Leach, all due respect. Uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Very... I believe Mad Men actually has a lot to do with Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Mm, seems like a stretch, but I'll, I'll follow you on this, Robert The Leach. Great British Bake Off. <laughs> the Great British Bake Off is one of the most... highlights the lifestyles of very rich and very famous Draw people. me a map. Draw me a map, Robert well, Leach. Look. Great British Bake Off to Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. The great Great British Bake Off features British people, and what is the more uh, what 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 accent is more stylish and luxurious than the British accent? And specifically, Robin Leach's British accent. Of course. And now I would have to say I believe that many people have derived their accent from my accent, just in the way that lifestyles of the rich and famous served as a as an inspiration for most television programs. I think so. Since. You know what? I'm actually going to follow you on this because I don't know if your specific British accent was on television before. You were on television. It's not like most people. It was all like mid-Atlantic, like Cary Grants, you know? It wasn't Robin Exactly. Lynch. Or, uh, you know, what's his face said? Uh, the chimney sweep in yeah. uh, Mary Poppins, the Cockney. Hello, so, no, Mary Poppins. Too dirty going into a chimney. Disgusting. No. Yes. But who lived in the house and who owned it? And where did their private jets find them? On the weekend. Yes, exactly. So, so let's talk a little bit about the show for my young listeners who might not know... Uh, exactly what Lifestyles of Rich and Famous was. Um, we know. had big stars they would know. I mean, come on, from Rob Lowe to Brooke Shields <laughs> to Judd Nelson. We saw we them all. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Sally Field. Oh, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Sure, they were all part of it. A young Mariah Carey was spotted on a yacht uh, owned by Quincy Jones. Oh, my goodness gracious. I feel like I'm watching it now. So, yeah, let's, let's walk us through an episode. What was it like? What sort of things would you do? What kind of people would you profile? That sort of Imagine thing. this is your experience. Experience. You and your regular people family are sitting around in your, your sofa in your living room and you're all packed in like sardines and you're thinking, that what if we could have it all? <laughs> well, congratulations because it's 8 o'clock and it's a Wednesday and that means it's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Well, you would see uh, a heavy set British man who talks nothing like anyone you've ever seen before <laughs> introduce you, fly all over the world for some reason to show you up your uh, uh, luxurious, pure ecstasy mm. as purchased by those at the elite class of our society. Mm, people they, who Robin, have... I get it. Sarah, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's just that uh, being a Christian philosopher, I tend to go with the, uh, the poverty route. And as Jesus himself once said, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get to the kingdom of heaven. So that's a good point. I don't think that Robin Leach was saying that these were holy people. He's saying, let's enjoy these extravagant hassles while they're alive. They'll burn in eternal damnation. Right. But, yeah. They will go to hell. The straight look at to how hell. Living now. But while on. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Look at all the I just want to say that Taya Leone showed me her camel collection. <laughs> 
that she had brought in all the way from Egypt, and it was beautiful. Wow, she had a whole, Taya Leone had a whole collection of... <laughs> Taya <of>, Leone <laughs> lived on a camel farm and was never seen again. Whoa, after the episode aired? <laughs> I don't think so. How about that? Wow, so many mysteries. Here's my question, though. So uh, I, I would love to get into like the specifics of your, your early life and how you got into this business, but I wanted to ask you... Did you ever profile, or did you ever think about profiling somebody wealthy? Somebody uh, <laughs> did I from, ever profile somebody, somebody wait, wealthy? Wait for me to finish. I believe wait, we have eleven wait, years of television. Wait, wait to for watch. me to finish. Someone at the, at the top of society, someone with mountains and mountains of money, who lived a not lavish lifestyle, who lived a modest lifestyle. You know, it's called lifestyles of the rich and famous. It doesn't say lifestyles of the rich and famous who are living opulently on on yachts and mansions oh, of so course. all you need to do is be rich or famous sure you know? and this is where i believe the saints uh, question may <laughs> may get into play because what you may not realize is uh, uh, there are plenty of people who want to connect with something with 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 the impoverished or with uh, uh you know a, a, a low class area and they want to help and they want to get involved so they would board me among their private jet and we would fly from Teterboro Airport all the way <laughs> to Western Africa where we would be greeted by a delegation. Mm. We would uh, be, uh, uh, you know, driven out in Jeeps and uh, nice Jeeps. I mean, these are not Jeeps. Like often. stretch Jeeps. These are stretch. Stretch and when I say the stre- pool in the back. Well, these days the pool was in the middle, but still <laughs> it was very nice. And so after a day of travel and a night in a, you know, four-star hotel, we would wake up and sometimes, uh, uh, you know, a, a young uh, a young Meg Ryan would go and shake hands with uh, uh, the young villagers of Nairobi. So she, <laughs> she would shake the hands of the villagers in Nairobi. Yes, because it didn't matter to her if they were gold-plated or just regular hands. This was about uh, using her rich and riches and fame to help to help Hold others Hold by shaking second. their hand, Robin. Sure. I don't think you. Uh, I don't think you like understood the question. So, <laughs> so Jared's asking, and I'm curious too because there are like millionaires who you know. So, uh, oh, oh, watch his face. Uh, you know, Warren, Gates, Warren Buffett. Bill right? Gates wears uh, khaki pants and a polo every day. Yeah, exactly. and you're telling me, wait no, a minute, but, you're telling me that this gentleman, Bill Gates, has money and oh. he's walking around in what? One of the richest people on earth. Hey, it's I true. Believe. Or yeah. also, yeah. So what? Oh, what's his, uh, Zuckerberg? He wears the same clothes every day. Mm-hmm. Also, no, uh, the IKEA dude. He died, uh, but he used to drive <laughs> like yeah. He used to drive like a like a sedan. Like he didn't have a lot of cars. Which he was. Guy to- was this? The dude who founded IKEA, the Swedish guy, oh, yeah. right? Okay. And he lived kind of a modest lifestyle in Sweden where you can do that, even though he was a big-time billionaire. So why don't you go just get a yes. cup of coffee with that guy? Did you profile these modest, rich, and famous individuals? I don't believe these people really had the wealth <laughs> that they are touting in the press. But we know that they have it. We know that they have it. Well, look, I mean, there were days when, uh, when, for example, I would go out with Paul Newman, mm, right? Academy Newman. Award winner Paul Newman, and he Famous would say for movies like The Hustler, The Hustler, and oh, the color the of money, to the color of money. That's that's the Butch shit right Cassidy there. Cassidy yeah. and the Sundance uh-huh. Kid, big pictures. This guy is rich and famous, and he Perfect would for the show. And he would say things sometimes. He he would get in touch and he'd call me up and say, Robin, we I, we'd love to do the show. 
but you've got to come and see what we're doing with the with the foundation. Mm. And he wanted me to go to some building where all uh, these people were doing something for, I don't know, they were filling out forms and bottling jams. I thought to myself... The salad dressing's good, too. <laughs> salad dressing, they got an Oreo. Oh, yeah, Newman, really oh, Numenos. The Newman Hydrox. Real yep. salad Rip-offs. dressing is just caviar and gold <laughs> flakes. <laughs> So what and we you did? You got to pocket that cash. You got You can't give the profits to charity and call yourself a salad dressing. I think that's what Robert Lynch is saying. Right? That's a. That's all. That was on my tombstone. Part of the. <laughs> you can't give someone uh, salad. What is it? You, yeah, can't I, give you don't know. Was on your own tombstone. No, I don't know what was on my own tombstone. Did you hang out at your tombstone? I got the hell out of there. I had a uh, pauper's grave because I'm a Christian philosopher. They just sort of yeah, you know buried me under the ground. Mm-hmm. Not I think even somebody a- just adorned his his rock with tears, and that's how you knew. It was a Christian. That's theology. how you know that I was a damn saint. If you're uh, just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are fourth century Christian philosopher St. Augustine. Hey, how you doing? And 20th century British entertainment reporter Robin Leach. All aboard the yacht to stardom. Okay, let's go back over to uh, St. Augustine for just a moment. So, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about your early life. Uh, you were born in 354 AD. It feels so weird to to say years like that. Yeah, 300 uh, yeah, or like exactly. year 10 or whatever. Uh, it, it's even weirder being born then. Uh, so you were in what is what is now known as Algeria mm-hmm. at the age of 11. You were sent away to school, and it was here that you first had insight into the nature of sin. You were not a religious boy by any stretch. Right. You and your friends stole some fruit. From a neighborhood garden, is that right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And these were what, grapes you were going to feed to a beautiful woman <laughs> inside of the pool while you screened your latest picture? <laughs> no, uh, we were starving, and uh, we couldn't have any food, so we needed to eat, mm. uh, and we had to get some food, and we said, we got to go somewhere, and because what we did usually when we were hungry was eat dirt, mm. and uh, but after we was like, you know, we need actual nutrients, because we was really poor. There's like the one in, okay, we're talking 354 AD. Well, at this time, you know, the, the 60s, they were, they were a wild time. <laughs> they were, the, the yeah, 60s were right the, around the, the corner. 360s. Oh man. Hey, that, hey, the 60s is the 60s. No yeah. matter they, when you live. No matter what's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys know it. It's summer of love. And, <laughs> and we just go to this garden. And even though, even though we knew that we needed it, I still knew it was bad. You knew it was I, I, sin you know, because I still I knew you know, thou shalt not steal. That's mm. uh, you know the commandments. That's one of them. And I just knew that I shouldn't be doing it, but I did it. And I was like, damn, I just sinned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though God, through His grace, wants me to stay alive to be like a man of the people and whatnot, I was like. But that doesn't justify what I just done. Interesting. So yeah. Even at the moment, you recognize that what you were doing was a sin. Yeah. Did you think? Because in your in your biography, confessions, you talk a little bit about the exhilaration of sinning and how uh, how it's decadent. A very, it's a very sexy title, by the way. It really was. Well, let's be honest. Sinning makes you feel alive. It you know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it just, uh, oh man, just sort of committing adultery or, or dishonoring your mother and father. Just things Kanye like this. West, yep. why does everything bad got to feel so good? Exactly. I could do Not, a movie on well, it. <laughs> I got to say, it doesn't necessarily make me feel good, but it makes me feel alive. Yes. It, I, there's a charge there. Mm. Doing something bad, there's like a charge there. Gotcha. So, yeah. there's. A, Did I, you immediately uh, recognize that feeling and you're like, this feels good, but I know it's bad? Or was there like... Were there, were there complicated emotions going forward? And you're like, maybe I'll be a Catholic in like 15 years or something. No, know? it was paradoxical. 
Because mm. there I was sinning, knowing it was bad, but knowing I had to do it as well. And I was like, oh, dude, this must be how everybody feels. I think we're kind of, but we come into this world needing to sin. And that's kind of when the, I'm not saying I wrote it down like right then, mm-hmm. but original sin occurred to me at that point. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so I can't wait to leave It's just sort of that. like, yeah, exactly. So I was like, this was, this feeling has been with me all the time. Um, so I just kind of bookmarked it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to write this down eventually. I just kind of just, you know, put it in my mind and, and I just was, started planning how to turn that energy into millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> You're Robert, like, no, see, I wanted to enlighten the people. That's what I was doing. They, the by money. publishing the sexy, <laughs> scandalous Confession. confessions. Confessions. Confessions of a saint. What do you think is the steamiest confession in your book, Confessions, St. Augustine? Oh, What's I, the hottest? Anything take place at a waterfall. Ooh, or a grotto. Ooh. <laughs> not, not a lot of grottos in Algeria. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, okay, the steamiest. That's what you think. Yeah, well. well it's been a good portion. Keenan Ivory Wayans took me to a, <laughs> a grotto in Algeria. <laughs> that may, <laughs> oh, that was a great episode. Platinum looked like silver. That was an incredible episode. Did, you did spend a little bit of time of your life in Italy. And there might have been grottos in Italy. I think yeah, that's where oh, from, yeah, actually. oh, yeah. There's a lot of grottos in Italy. Them. Them. That's where they developed them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So I saw, I, I've seen some grottos in my time. And look, <sighs> steamiest thing from confession. Oh, oh man, <laughs> the steamiest thing. Okay, so well, for starters, you think that being a saint, I'd be like a virgin. I'm totally not. I've been with a, a few I know, ladies. I read that oh, on your Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah, I've been with some ladies. You had a concubine for 15 years. Yeah, it was spotted at <laughs> it, the religious just, service. Saint Augustine, and who's he with? Some, some concubine, the same con- unnamed concubine, <laughs> an unnamed concubine. <laughs> Does it say anything in the Wikipedia about the name? There's no. She didn't have a name. She was just. She was just sort of. She was just my so chic. Too Pretty poor. much, <laughs> so a little bit, chic. yeah. So that, but that one, the uh, that it's one, like the steamiest. Augustine um, and mystery woman <laughs> gallivanting around Italy, grotto to grotto. Wow. So you talk about your your relations with women in your book Confessions. Yeah, I do. But you know what? I, so here's, I'm just sort of, I'm a Christian nerd. My my steamiest confession is when I doubted my own faith. Yeah, wow. I yeah. So I had sex. Hot. I had sex. No, I'm just saying it's hot. I'm saying it's the it's the greatest confession. I'm a I'm a Catholic, and when it, there was this time when I was like, oh man, does God exist? And I was I was so ashamed of myself. You know what I'm saying? That's so that's what I'm confessing here to that, you that guys, yeah. right? Yeah, so I I'm sorry. It, it's it ain't you know I didn't drink champagne on a yacht with uh, a, Tiffany know. Amber Thesis. Yeah, well, exactly. I did. <laughs> I know you did. I and know it was you did. Christelle. It's fine. No, no, no. Everybody, I think we should be able to accept your uh, interpretation of what a steamy confession exactly. is. Exactly. My I'm interpretation. With I'm right. with you, St. August. Thank you. Let's uh, go back over to Robin Leach for just a moment. So let's talk a little bit about your early life. You were born in London in uh, 1941. And, you know, the, the Wikipedia is a little sparse for your uh, for your personal life, but it seems as though you naturally and very early on gravitated towards journalism. You edited. The school magazine at the age of 14. Absolutely. Very impressive. All you... of the hottest gossip <laughs> in the London boys' school. Really? You were doing you were doing celebrity gossip of at your school? 
oh, up till that point, it was all student council this and Hitler that. I wanted to bring something new to the school newspaper in 1940-whatever, mm. so I decided. Well, this was uh, when you were 14, so <laughs> yes, that would well, be okay. 55, yes. 1955. Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> it took a while for Europe to get over Hitler. We're not, we haven't stopped talking about Hitler today. So you get it. So, and yeah. you see why people needed a change. A so I brought in some of my patented opulent coverage of some of the hottest names in London Boys Academy. Ooh, the, you went to the London Boys Academy. London Boys. I gotta be honest though, 1955, you gotta still be getting rations. You gotta just be wearing like short wool pants. And all yeah. oh, the rations we received, <laughs> no. the finest rations served on the finest gold trim brought. Some of the most decadent gruel you have ever tasted. It was reminiscent of the caviar I received at the premiere of the Troop film Beverly Hills. True Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, is that a what, film, that's a a film which excellence is only exceeded by its title. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So 14, you are editing the school magazine. 15, you become a general news reporter for the Harrow Observer. Is that right? Most of it was just changing the names in previously published stories about the school. Oh, wait, so you were saying, so you would take a, a school item that was like, you know, prom king and queen, and I, you just change that to like whatever. To just king and queen. Oh, the, the king, the king and queen. It was that easy back then. I, I learned at a young age, people don't want the news. They want to be slapped in the face with a, with a taste of something that they will never be able to achieve. Gotcha. Okay. So not, not, not really aspirational, more just sort of like rubbing something in a poor person's face. It was the bait of its day. I see. It was absolutely void of content and was <laughs> mostly pictures where I would have to go in and manipulate the photograph so that everything would be shining like diamonds. I see. Let's <laughs> Against the war-torn backdrop of West Europe. Let's, let's talk a little bit about of a country still recovering from World War II. Uh, <laughs> they let, burned London down. They certainly did. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you. So at 15, you're working for this actual newspaper, and I was I couldn't believe that that was legal, but apparently you were just changing the names and stories that you wrote for your high Most school. Most of the city paper. was still covered in ash. You and... <laughs> You also started your own, um, what the Wiki Wikipedia described as a glossy town magazine at 17 years old. They had it right at glossy. So 1958. I don't even know what the, is, is that a common term, a glossy town magazine? Are you familiar with that, St. Augustine? Glossy town magazine? Yeah, you know, it's, it's just the, the, the pages are shiny. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just not newsprint is what that means. Oh, it's what I'm okay. most famous to bringing to journalism. I see. Most pages were printed on newsprint. Drab. Every, it was, if anything, it was the kind of stuff that today you'd recycle. I thought, no way. Oh, barf. Recy this needs <laughs> to be the kind. This Recycling is very a, important. It's heavy it, paper. I think it's not. It's, you know, it's, you know, that. Things that come from the earth, they should return to the earth. Mm -hmm. But it's so, not classy. It's not opulent. Exactly. It's not Why recycle when you could build a mausoleum to yourself with all of the riches you've accumulated over a lifetime of lavish luxury? And then well, build a rocket and throw it into the sun and build another one for fun. Well, you can, you know, give it back, give it to the poor. <laughs> Maybe some kid can. These uh, are all great eat. options. These are all great uh, options. Nice. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Keep so going. Let's the talk poor about would love that. Your magazine that you started at seventeen. Uh, uh, this glossy town magazine. 
Uh, it doesn't say what the name of it was. It didn't say what well, kind of material you Well, it was just the print. town magazine, and I was the one who brought the glossy town to the town at all. Glossy town magazine. Now, uh, here's the thing, Robin Leach. You've been talking about celebrity goss and... Uh, hot dish and tabloid clickbait. Spotted fr- from the from the moment you walked in here. It's what was, I do. It's in is, my bones. Is that what this glossy town magazine was? Is this just another check on the Robin Leach lifestyles of rich and famous style gossip nonsense? You know, believe it or not, there was plenty of hot celebrity gossip in the small town that I was writing about. <laughs> London. London. <laughs> Yes, and it is a town. It's just a town. That's right. <coughs> the village of London, technically, mm-hmm. if you want to put it on postage. 1958. Sure. You're just celebrity gossiping. Oh, it yes. Up. The Queen did this. They went to America and did that. Uh, I, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the rights to Mary Poppins are being sold <laughs> <laughs> to Walt Disney in America, and it's not going great. Gotcha. Okay, so I have a pretty loose timeline here for you then, where you basically start doing newspaper stuff at 14, and it's just gossip. Right. And then you don't stop doing gossip and celebrity news for your entire life. Is that right? Never stopped. Did you ever even want to do something hard-hitting? Did you want to ever dip your toes into politics the or only start, community impact or I'll anything I'll tell like you that. what. I oh, Yeah, okay. At the start, yes. There was one story that I thought was just, I thought I had a journalistic obligation to uh, cover. Um, and it was that a lot of uh, friends of mine were coming to me and telling me things about the Catholic Church that I thought were, were well, blasphemous. But around the same time... <laughs> <laughs> I also was able to have a sit-down tea with the one and only Julie Andrews. Oh, wow. And somehow that story just so went like, by the wayside. A, you're referring, of course, to uh, priests molesting children. Is that right? There were untoward things going on all so throughout the 20th had century. the scoop of the century of these priests molesting children, and you decided instead to run your sit-down with Julie Andrews. She showed up in one of the most beautiful summer dresses you've ever <laughs> seen, crafted of the finest queen silk i was damn near blown away you know what point made robin leach point made unfortunately we're gonna have to take a short break uh but we'll be right back with robin leach and saint augustine on famous dead people stay with us hey everybody just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to famous dead people on itunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts rate us five stars leave a comment tell your friends all that stuff helps us out a ton and feel free to hit us up at famous dead people at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us whatever we love hearing from fans uh, also check out my book the kellyanne conway technique it is out now it is hilarious i hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews awesome reviews on amazon or barnesandnoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super fun and I want that money. Also, go check out jaredbernson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People. 
<laughs> Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are fourth century Christian philosopher whose writing influenced the development of Western Christianity, St. Augustine of Hippo. Hey, good to see you. And 20th century British entertainment reporter and writer most well-known for his television series Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, Robin Leach. Seven, 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 ka-ching! <laughs> Jackpot, baby. <laughs> Some of these are a real stretch. Uh, so let's go back over to uh, to St. Augustine for just a moment. Uh, so at the age of 17, St. Augustine, yeah. uh, you go to Carthage to continue your education. And there, according to Wikipedia, you live a hedonistic lifestyle associating with young men who loved to boast of their sexual exploits. Is that right, St. Augustine? Hey, man, were you ever 17? Of course. You know what I'm saying? Of so course. that's just kind of where my mind was at at that particular time. There's so, no, there's no, nothing you have to be ashamed or explain away. It's completely normal for that. Are you happen. sure you were raised Catholic? Yes. Because, yeah, I, no, everything, <laughs> I look, like I said, you know, the, the shame was inborn. And anyway, I just felt ashamed about everything I did. But like I said, uh, yeah, I, I sowed my oats, mm. you know. Uh, so who were these guys that you were hanging out with that were constantly, like, bragging about all the all the randos so, they were bagging? So it's me and Carthage. I'm there with a Sully and Petey. <laughs> Sully and Petey. And uh, <laughs> Tommy No Nuts. Uh, no, he had he had testicles. But we just still, it's, called, it, it's a long story, but Tommy No Nuts, uh, he's a good guy. So the three, like he the couldn't eat nuts, or he didn't have nuts one day to eat, or something I, I like that. I just think he sounds sane as a <laughs> straight. <laughs> this nuts. guy is not no nuts. nuts for him. Not nuts at all. Exactly. No, do the regular thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, the the four of us we just go around, you know, bar hopping, things like that. Uh, just drinking wine, things like that, mm, and you know, chatting think, up birds, chatting up birds, you know, uh, and uh, things happen. So okay, yeah. It, now. It, Here's the thing. So according to the Wikipedia, uh, you were forced, because of the guys that you were hanging out with, yeah. you were forced to either seek or make up stories so that you could fit in. And so I want to know, like, I know from the Wikipedia that you did have at least one lover yeah. uh, in your life. Um, uh, but my question is, like, did you, were you able to keep up with these guys and their stories? Did you have to make anything up? Were the things that you did just because you felt like you had to in order to fit in? Like, tell me, tell me about this relationship. Ugh, yeah, all of that. Yeah, these <laughs> look okay. So these are these are some good looking guys. They got game. I don't really got none. I'm they just this skills. like I'm this like scamp from Algeria. And these are Carthage dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like Carthage in its day was the kind of place where, where Robin would go. You know, just sort of Ooh, just like I these are like the rich kids in Carthage. Carthage is Monaco. Carthage is Hollywood, California. Exactly. So the, it, there we are. We're hanging out in the yachts of our day, which are just these planks that kind of floated. And so, you know, we're just doing our thing. And they would all go off with the chicks they found that night. I'm totally alone. And then we get, you know, we go to the diner the next morning. We're drinking our coffee and eating our, uh, our, our eggs and bacon. And they're like, oh, can you believe? And Tommy No Nuts would be like, oh, dude, that blonde that I was with last night. And I'm like, yeah. And then Sully chimes in. It's like, I had two of them. They was twins. I mean, they was fraternal, but it still counts. And I was like, yeah, I know. And then, you know, Petey comes in with his own story about just whatever. And I'm like, oh, 
oh yeah they don't know that i just went home and rubbed one out <laughs> so and what did you do did you make up a story or, yeah yeah, what'd yeah. You, what'd so you so you, f- you you just say oh you know that chick that was uh that was dancing off in the corner and even if she was fictional they'd say yeah so i'd say oh yeah when after you guys left I I just went over to her with a drink and you know one thing leads to another and and then you make up a detail that kind of makes no sense. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? They just think that you did something so wild and it's just sort of like you guys should see the rug burn on my shins. And then they just don't even ask questions. They just huh. assume that I did something so crazy with this girl. Hmm, interesting. So you make up a bizarre just detail. Some, a bizarre detail that makes hmm. them if they question it they look ignorant, right? Me, all right, I'm going to try one. Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so I'm going to say, uh, oh, guys, you are not going to believe this. The girl, you guys, you guys see that girl that was uh, changing her tire outside the out venue? Out in the corner? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tire in the corner by herself. So uh, after you guys left, I went over there and, uh, you know, I bought her a drink. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, I don't think that my pinky is ever getting relocated, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you you mean, bro. Did that work? That's exactly how it's done. It's just sort of like he must have done a move that I never heard before. And I'm impressed. Do you want to you want to give it a try? I really like to try one. Okay. Well, first of all, is this the kind of thing that you did back in your day, Robin Leach? Like, did you run with a uh, bunch of scoundrels that uh, you try to pick up a bunch of birds? Ironically and... enough, it sounds like the exact same crew. <laughs> <laughs> so you, growing up in London in the 50s, 1950s, yeah, I mean, look, uh, you were I, with a Petey, a Petey, a Sully, a Sully uh, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, 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 Tommy No Bollocks. Tommy No Bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, all right, let's let's set the scene. Uh, so, oh, it's the next morning. We're eating a six-course breakfast <laughs> across a, a dining room at the Ritz-Carlton in Monaco. <laughs> I turn to Sully, and I say, Sully, did you happen to see the most beautiful uh, uh, Charo was at the party Charo? last night? Charo, star of... <laughs> Variety uh, and uh, stage, stage <laughs> at that time, and uh, even though they didn't uh, necessarily see Charo there, mm-hmm. they're not going to question it. Mm. So uh, they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd say, uh, 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 so I saw Charo there. Uh, uh, I brought her um, two cases of Cristal and some imported chocolates from the Queen's Reserve, Ooh. and the next, uh, let's just say. Uh, she and I will not be buying any more ranches in Montana this morning. Oh. We've bought them all. Hello, Daddy. That's good. You might want to just veer away from the real estate uh, angle. <laughs> Keep it physical. Keep it physical. So the, the, just that's my note. But I it mean, was good. You, you I liked this? it. And yeah. now my entire body is covered in diamonds. Yeah, that works. That works. Uh, yeah, that would uh, that would shut Petey up. I like that. Petey, you never stood a chance. <laughs> Not with Charo. Not with Charo. Uh, Who I think okay. was like a hot, like at the time, was like probably exactly right. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was a real uh, she was real hot ticket back in the day. Let's go back over to Robin Lee for just a moment. Uh, so 18 years old, uh, you get hired to be the youngest page one reporter of the Daily Mail of all time. And today, the Daily Mail is a tabloid whose average reader is 58 years old. You're welcome. Uh, the material is a little conservative, and it is frequently criticized for its unreliability and inaccuracy. Was the, the paper that you got hired at 
then in 1959 the same. I just, first of all, I need yeah. to correct something right off the bat. Okay. While the stories I wrote appeared on page one, I was hired as a page six editor. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Wait, wait, how did that work? Then? I did not misrepresent myself. I was hired because I was going to be giving the hardest <laughs> skinny <laughs> on you-know-who, the number one stars in the world. Ooh, is that Linda McCartney? And what is she wearing? So okay. hold on a second. 1955, you're covering 59, Linda. 59. 59, you're covering uh, Linda McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think. Wow. I think they were together. They at had just. They, they, she was a young starlet they spotted had at the. Just met. They sure did. <laughs> uh, okay. And so, it was a whirlwind. So you baby. got hired to write the gossip for page six, but somehow it ended up. It all up on ended page up one? right on page one. Is it that you were just that good, Robin Leach? Sure. I would phone in the 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 more. <laughs> newsy stories, I suppose. Every yes. now and then a war breaks out or a war's ended or something happens in Police America actions. and you need to cover it. But really, people just want to hear about Drew Barrymore doing cocaine off of you-know-who, one of the Corys. <laughs> I would think both of the Corys. Probably both of the yeah, Corys. She partied pretty hard back They then. all partied They're hard. They're fraternal, but it still counts. So was it the same? Like, where you... Uh... Was it the same paper, or do you think that it became more tabloidy as time went on? Like, in 1959, well, I, was the Daily Mail more of a New York Times? When I got there, it was all drab this and journalist that, and I thought, let's ritz it up. You added the glamour. The glitz, you the glamour. You added the fun to the Daily Mail. <laughs> exactly. And Why be the news when you can report on the life you wish you'd lead? <laughs> That's a great expression. The world can be a beautiful place if you have access and know where to look. Gotcha. So you spent a few years there. Then you decided to leave for the United States. Uh, you eventually become the show business editor of The Star. Uh, and it really seems like... <laughs> Which you know, was a vacant position at The, at the Star. You'd think wait, the, they didn't have... You'd think, the show, you'd think The Star would always have a showbiz editor yeah, but in well, place. But you're saying that it wasn't? There wasn't a showbiz section? No, and I came star? in and I said, you need to focus up. They said, we're pretty much already doing it. And I said, you could do it so much more. Wait, what was The Star doing then if they didn't have like show business news? Also really serious, kind of New York Times-y. The, the <laughs> it was more, you know, it was, it was, it was reporting. Mm. That, look, finance crimes. Short. Uh, here's what opened at the box office. Mm. Boring. Here's who was killed. Boring. But only when I got there did we start seeing stories like uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, uh, and Marilyn Monroe uh, <laughs> meet. <laughs> And Ooh. that was a hell of a scoop. That is a good. That's a good scoop for the Slow time. That is day. a good scoop for the time. Wow. But did, where'd they meet though? They met in an orgy at the White House. Uh, oh, they, yep, they, they sure did. Yeah. Now it really. Now as the I most said before, opulent orgy you've ever seen. As I said, it really seems like we are just we're in a straight line. Like there's no diversion for Robert Leach from. I'm going to start with gossip. I'm going to end on gossip. Well, I don't think you would say that I ended quite just on gossip. Mm, really? No, of course, because during my time in all of these, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to call them jobs, because they really weren't. They were just friendships that were, uh, you know, carried over and somehow supported my uh, habit of having the wealthiest friends. 
but in my time, I met some wonderful people like, well, the current president of the United States, for one. Gross. And Mr. Roger Ailes. And by the end of my career, I think that you could say that not only was I the go-to man for, ooh, what Valentina dress was spotted on, yes, you guessed it, Blossom herself, <laughs> Mayum Bialik, at the Met Gala. But also, uh, 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 I, you know, I really learned a lot about uh, what's uh, really ruining the country. And I thought oh, I should use my say, status. Did you tell anybody, though? I told you most... learned a lot of it, but you didn't really say anything, did you? I think I did say. Did I thought I said plenty. I know you were I thought I one... saw plenty on, like, Fox News and Fox Business. Wait, so you would go on Fox Sh News? Yep. And you would talk about... Oh, yeah. Go on with Lou Dobbs and talk about how the Democratic machine was being disgusting and hiring protesters and things like that. Oh, okay. Good. So, <laughs> so don't I'm worry. Glad. Don't worry. It, was, it wasn't were... all just the surface level. I'm glad you eventually found some substance, Robin Leach. Jesus. I think <laughs> it's important to have uh, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. But it's important to make caviar dreams great again. Yeah. Hey, Jared, can I, uh, can I ask Robin a question yeah, that, I've, that I've always wanted to ask? Absolutely. St. Augustine, go right ahead. So, Robin Leach, you got all these friends. Four women. Why? Oh, no. Sorry. I thought I knew <laughs> No, that wasn't the question. So, you got all these famous friends, and they take you on their yachts, and they come to, the, you know, their golden palaces and things like that. Yachts on top of yachts. Exactly. But what kind of lifestyle do you lead? Because I don't want like, so the folks at home... Um, he's wearing this button-down shirt that has uh, little hamburgers on it. I saw it at Old Navy. Uh, I have the same one at home. And you're wearing flip-flops and sweatpants. So, you know, you have friends who, are, you know, have these crazy lifestyles, and they invite you over, but... It's what's your lifestyle like? Yeah, it doesn't like what seem is like your place? Are you batting sort of like, the same average? As well, I'll is. tell you what. There was a time when I was the showbiz editor at the Star, was bringing home hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars a day. Ooh, thousands a day. But that was in a very different time before. The country changed. Before the country changed. Yes, you know, it's not very easy for people like me in my tax bracket anymore. <laughs> There's large, large you really portions are. of my... You are your class of people. You, you're the one we, we share. Uh, there's a war, you know. There's a class war going. Class on. warfare, yeah. Oh boy, the rich there people in this sure country. Is, they're we've, really getting their short stick these days. We definitely are. Ugh. And it used to be the longest, most opulent stick in the world. Mm -hmm. A stick of pure luxury. Oh boy. That like which the penguin from the Batman <laughs> would hold in his hand Let's to go, kill uh, his enemies. Let's go back over to St. Augustine before I go on a socialist tirade. Uh, if you just joining us this is famous dead people on radio free brooklyn and my guests in the studio today are 20th century british entertainment reporter and uh and uh <laughs> political philosopher political philosopher <laughs> fucking bourgeois parasite robin leach eat the rich you and, wish baby and uh fourth century christian philosopher saint augustine uh, so St. Augustine, let's talk a little bit about your journey to Christianity. Okay, yeah, let's uh, do that. Your mother was a Christian, but while you were away at school, you decided to convert to a different religion, uh, Manichaean, I believe is the name of the re uh, religion. It was founded by the Iranian prophet Mani. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering, first of all, like, what were some of the differences between Manichaeism and Christianity? Like, why would you, as a student learn about the teachings of the Iranian prophet Mani and decide you wanted to follow him instead of Christ. 
What were some of the differences there? The diff- well, first of all, uh, we worshipped Nani like a god. Okay. Uh, sort of. He was sort of like the uh, L. Ron Hubbard of his day. Ooh. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's very. It was pretty cult like. Dude was real, real charming. You know mm, what I'm saying? So he was alive at the time. Yeah, okay. yeah, he was. So I'm, you know, I'm just sort of hanging out with this private money and uh, just thinking to myself, why do I have to think about Jesus who's been dead for, at this point, uh, 300 years or something like that, uh, when I got a living God right here, oh, right? Okay, I get so, that. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just noticed some, uh, you know, some really sketchy things about Monty, like a little bit. Uh, you know just, what? It does say that in your Wikipedia that you had a talk with one of his, um, with one of his bishops, a man named Faustus Faustus of Milev. Yeah, Faustus. And uh, that Good was dude. that was what started you questioning the teachings of Monty and leaning towards Christianity instead. Yeah, I was like, so Faustus, you were at Monty's palace. Right, so did he ascend to heaven every night like he says he does? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was like, Augie, I got to tell you, buddy, he just sleeps out back in a sleeping bag. And I was like, really? Hmm. Well, he could still be like a, a spiritual guy, right? And of it's course. like, and it's like, but no, he's just sort of he's he's really kind of full of himself. Doesn't even really read that well. Really? Yeah, he's just a really just sort of everybody just thinks he's like this. He just had a he had a way about him, you know yeah. what I'm saying? If you were in front of him, he could convince you of anything. Exactly. But if you were just like reading about him on paper, you'd be like, "I'm not gonna follow this clown." Right? Pretty much. Yeah. What exactly. Well, it depends on the reporting. <laughs> <but okay. laughs> what were some of the teachings? Like, what were the way that they were saying that you should live your life in uh, Manichaean? Well, one of the things you do is. Um, you just live as opulently as you possibly can. Ooh. So yeah, you just make friends with uh, really rich people, and you get them to invite you onto their uh, yachts. Which again, at the time, was just mm-hmm. like a floating plank, but it was still it was real nice. Interesting. At the time, could you charge people to tell them about the way that the rich people were living their lives? Like- that was part of it. Is oh, that so? We're supposed to uh, we're supposed to get people to take a class that we teach <laughs> and they pay us and we teach them uh, Monty's class and then we say, go teach other people the class and you teach, you you, uh, you charge them as well and then I get a kickback of your classes. Ooh, and the so, original pyramid oh, it really It was the first one. Fun. It was the first one. Gotcha. So but, you got roped into this, uh, you know. They're smart uh, over there. They're killing us on oil. Multi, <laughs> multi-level uh, marketing scheme. Uh, you have this conversation with Faustus and it sort of kicks you down the road, uh, back to, uh, Christianity then. Yeah. I was like, you start leaning into maybe I'm going to go back to being a Christian then. Pretty much. I just said to myself, Jesus said some good stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, again, I had been to Italy. I'd seen the Vatican and, uh, the Pope (laughs) at the time, the Pope at the time, good guy. Uh, I think that was Pope Paul. One of the Pauls. I think yeah. maybe one one or two. There's like 12 of them or something. There's a bunch of Pauls. Yeah. There was probably, it was probably a Paul. And uh, so, you know, he, he said some good things. And Jesus, I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I just I just want to I want to make it more about like the love and the love of God and just mm. sort of spreading goodwill among all people. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, and that to me, there was something about uh, Jesus, the way he just, the way he rolled. That's just sort of. You liked it. Yeah, I did. Okay. Now, it seems to me like you were kind of pacing out exactly when you were going to be a full-on Christian again. There's a famous quote of yours that says, uh, grant me chastity and continence, but not yet. 
As if to say... It was on I, that book jacket of confessions, I believe. I was, I was just breaking balls. You know, uh, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what I mean. You know, I mean, here's the thing. We want to aspire to these things, right? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We want to aspire to them, but we're, we're fallible humans with original sin, which I came up with, and... And we're going to fall, right? But in God's infinite love, we can ask for forgiveness and then that's all good. So, yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of, uh, that's the thing. There's a lot of forgiveness with Christianity, mm. which I like. Um, again. You wanted to get a little scoop full of life before you decided to just be a celibate priest. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. But then even while I'm a priest, look, if I slip up. I can just ask for forgiveness and it's all good. Oh, did you? Oh, did yeah. you break your chastity when you were a priest? Well, I mean, I had a concubine for 12 years. So, yeah. Oh, I just, my a, goodness. A little bit. Hey, well, don't be a douche and tell everybody. No, but, but it's just, it, well, at the time, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I think most people already know. Well, yeah. well yeah. But having a girlfriend did. is nothing new. Why? Who's that? But Cary Grant. <laughs> and who's on his arm? A young nameless concubine. <laughs> the same one for that the last nine years. That happened all the time with Cary Grant. And who Grant. is it? Jodie Foster. <laughs> that is. <laughs> that would be an odd pairing. That's weird. horrific. I know. Wouldn't that be kind of like a, like an alternate Nell kind of reality? Where, I'm like, sorry? She was like stuck in some like out of the. Anyway, Nell's one of my favorite think, movies. It's so glamorous. I think Cary Grant died when uh, Jodie Foster was in like Taxi Driver. Yeah, so right. she was like 13. That's uh, that's not because your concubines were what in their forties. They were, yes. As a matter of fact, you couldn't even be a concubine until you were forty. You really shouldn't be throwing stones, St. Augustine, because at one point you were engaged to a ten-year-old. So, but we will talk about that in just a moment. I want to go back over to Robert Leach for a bit. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about lifestyles and how you got that gig. You start writing, uh, you start working in television. You're contributing to AM Los Angeles with Regis Philbin. I sure am. And I have to imagine that you're just doing. You know, gossip exposés about the rich and the famous and their opulent lifestyles. It has any because nothing has changed at this point, right, Robin Leach? It's up, up, up for Robin Leach. Okay, now, and yet, sure, does Regis Philbin clue me in to what's going on in the New York real estate scene? Maybe. Okay. Do I get involved with some of those characters who start showing me some literature about what's going on in this country? What? That's really, A you know, piece a, of shit. I'm um, just, hey, humble, but, I cannot, I cannot hide my judgment, Robin Leach. I'm so sorry. I just hate it so much, Robin Leach. Everything you're saying. Ooh, but you love to hate it, don't you? <laughs> it's everything that's wrong with America. So, um, I thought that because this was part of your brand, that you were actually a producer of Lifestyles Ocean Famous, but you were actually cast uh, by a man named Alfred Massini. And so I'm wondering, like, did you have to audition for being on Lifestyles Rich and Famous? Like, did you do a reel for Lifestyles Rich and Famous? Okay, fine. Yes. Yes, okay. Wow. I finally hit my hiccup. I thought, I'm the man with all of the... Gr- I mean, look at these stories. The king spotted in golden uh, hotel suite with whomever. And yet, when I got to the audition, I was significantly older and significantly more overweight than everyone else oh, really? in the room. Yes. you'd. you'd At least that wasn't that thing where you look around and it's like everyone looks like you. Like, that's the worst, no, I think. No, definitely not. But I do get that at the doctor. <laughs> 
Most people okay. at my doctor's office looked exactly like me. So then, what did you read then? Like, what did your audition look like for Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Most of the uh, uh, copy had to be cleaned up because a lot of it was shirtless, uh, hunky Brad Pitt types uh, being in Hollywood, talking about the sunshine and all this being at the beach. It was a much more Hollywood-centric show. Mm. Uh, once I got in front of the camera, uh, it became clear I would not be that guy. <laughs> the initial uh, uh, copy says, flips into frame <laughs> so right there it was not gonna happen mm-hmm. okay uh, luckily I showed up with my briefcase full of money and bribed my way in I, oh so that's how you got the show you bribed your way in was it not clear that I had been bribing everyone the entire time I who gives know. a 14 year old a newspaper I didn't know that that's very <laughs> impressive it's very industrious of you well done uh, last thing I want to ask you, uh, we're quickly running out of time here. Uh, you would end every episode with your signature catchphrase, champagne, champagne wishes and, and caviar, caviar dreams. dreams. And I was trying to find a clip of you doing that on YouTube, but I couldn't. And so I was wondering, like, what was the lead in to saying that? That was like the last thing that was said in every episode. So you would say, like, you know, I'm here at um, I'm here at Bob Hope's ranch. Oh, you know, I've, oh yes, that and, was uh, definitely an episode. This is uh, this is the end of the episode. It was the first time I would uh, experience the the individual doing something that wasn't completely lavish and luxurious. I would stop the interview, turn right to camera, and say, "For lifestyles of the rich and famous, I'm Robin Leach, wishing you champagne wishes and caviar dreams." And then I would say, "Ted Turner, get the fuck out of my space," <laughs> and we would just get the fuck out. Gotcha. Wow, that's interesting. I gotta say, it's a little overwritten to say I'm wishing you champagne wishes. Like this is if I was gonna edit it, if I was gonna say from, you know, if I was a producer on that show, that's the one. Well, hey, I wasn't that I even a producer given. on the show. Gotcha. Uh, you know, so that, was that the first draft or that one or other ones? Ooh, first draft, you, best draft. Yeah. Oh, uh, other sign-offs included. Uh, may your goblets be full and your wedding vows be. Uh, Shaky. Here's that's a good one. I like planes that. Planes of gold flying into diamond pools. Definitely was glad that didn't end with towers. <laughs> uh, we are unfortunately running out of time here on Famous Dead People, so let's just ask a couple more questions to say Augustine. Let's talk a little bit about some of your contributions. Let's just go. I'm gonna just uh, fire yeah, these out. List them out. Fire. Fire away. I did a lot. As- as, as quickly and succinctly if as you can. If you're a Christian, you're welcome. Let me just say that the right now. The just war doctrine, a set of criteria that you need to satisfy in order to go into war and that the war can be just and holy. What yeah. were some of these items on uh, the just war doctrine? Just are you, are you fighting for Christ? Okay. Yeah, true or false? True. That's how the crusade started. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> no, just true or false. That's was that a first draft? That, that was first, first draft, best, best draft. draft. Okay. Yeah, and just sort of, uh, you know, yeah, are you fighting against people uh, what, who are Christian? Yeah, let me just say that. And, okay. and yeah, and then you can go, you know, that explains uh, a lot of our world politics as well. So uh, you're welcome for that too. Okay, so you also helped develop the idea of original sin. Yep. Uh, like I said, I bookmarked it when I was bookmarked 11. Bookmarked it when you are a kid. Yep. Uh, for those Christians out there, uh, we all know that that is the sin that you inherit from Adam and Eve. Is that how you would describe that? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Okay. It just means, uh, yeah, you're born kind of bad. Born and you gotta and you gotta ask for forgiveness. You gotta walk the path of life, trying to uh, you know emulate the best version of yourself, and you and you're gonna fail. And then you ask God for forgiveness, and then it's all good. Gotcha. Okay, glad we can clear that up. And lastly, you are the patron saint of a couple of groups. I'm just gonna read them off. And just let me know 
why you are the patron saint of these people. Yep. All right. Number one, brewers. Because I really like beer. Love, love beer. Yep. Okay. Printers. Uh, just remember what I was saying about newsprint, how I really like newsprint and glossy magazines. Because it can be recycled. Exactly. Yeah. So Ooh. just printers knew that. Uh, and uh, they just... They just love Augustine, man. Oh, okay. And lastly, uh, those wishing for the alleviation of sore eyes. I read a lot. And read a yeah, lot. Yeah, it, it well into the night. And a lot of people knew I had sore eyes all the time. Uh, what you do, you take a couple wet rags and you just you dip them in the, in the sea in salt, put it over your eyes, take a little nap. And the salt like goes in, and so yeah, it's it's a Ooh, good cure. It helps with the puffiness, I think. Yeah, and also does. use cucumber imported from the <laughs> finest Japanese gardens. Ooh, and unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, St. Augustine and Robin Leach, for joining me in the studio today, and I would bestow upon you champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Try to think of a different word for wish. So it's first draft, like, first draft, baby. Uh, last question. Do either of you have any comedians or comedy shows that you're big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, uh, St. Augustine, anything you want to tell people about? Yeah, I do. There's this uh, improv group at the Magnet Theater in uh, New York City called Sexy Baby, and they're uh, they're up every Wednesday uh, at Megawatt at the uh, Magnet Theater. You should check them out. And there's a blog that I follow uh, the URL is uh, actually it's robpenty.org.com and you should uh, check that out if you uh, eh, you're at work and you want to read some. It's confusing. URL. It is. Uh, Robin Leach, anything you want to tell people about? When you find yourself at a cocktail party with the hottest celeb in town, you might say, "Have you ever heard of Evan Altshula <laughs> or at Evan Alt on the internet?" Uh, go check that stuff out. Uh, you can check me out at jarrettbarenstein.com. I got lots of t- uh, new tour dates up there. A lot of fun stuff by my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. If you're listening to this on the radio, check out the podcast. All the old episodes are up there. Uh, videos coming out every Tuesday on my YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. So go check that out as well. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We will have them on as soon as we can. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Oh, my God. I'll do it from here. (laughs) Yeah. Something like this. I want to be loud and in charge.